Welcome to the third Crossing Borders podcast brought to you by Baker McKenzie and Asia Today International, examining key business issues in the Asia-Pacific region. In this edition, we'll be looking closely at India, one of the largest growth engines in the world. India is the world's fastest growing economy with a growth rate of 7.2%, growing now faster than China. And it's important for businesses looking to invest there to learn more about it. What are the regulatory issues? How do they navigate their way across complex and very different Indian markets? In this edition of Crossing Borders, we talk to John Madhu, the Senior Trade and Investment Commissioner at the Austrade offices in Mumbai, with Ms. Giotti Vij, the Deputy Secretary General at the Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry, and Ashok Lalwani, the Head of Baker McKinsey's International Capital Markets Practice in Asia-Pacific, and the Chair of the firm's India practice. They provide important information for businesses looking to invest in India. John Madhu, Austrade's Senior Trade Investment Commissioner, talked about the opportunities for businesses looking to invest in India. He says there are big opportunities now for investment in agribusiness, smart infrastructure, mining equipment and services, and education. Now, while this would attract investment from countries around the world, he says Australia has specific offerings in these sectors. Giotti Vich, the Deputy Secretary General at FIICI, talked about the Modi government's regulatory reforms, including the abolition of the foreign investment Promotion Board, removing a huge roadblock for foreign investment. And Ashok Lalwani, the head of Baker McKenzie's International Capital Practice Markets Practice in Asia Pacific and the chair of the firm's India practice, says the Modi government has turned India into the most investor-friendly country, and he talks about what impact the reforms would have on different sectors, spelling out which are likely to flourish. And he also talks about the need to get good advice going into India. So first of all, let's hear from Austrade's John Madhu. John Madhu, uh, tell us about the Indian economy. Uh, what prospects is it offering? At the moment, the, the Indian economy is uh, pushing along with a 5 to 7% growth rate, and that's been fairly stable over the last six years. The Modi government has, uh, has quite a reformist agenda, and they're really looking to broaden the base of the economy and grow it through financial inclusion, demonetization, and GST have been some, some things that they've done recently. Um, we're seeing opportunities in the area of uh, agribusiness, tools, technologies and services, as well as pulses, um, some applications of technology and smart infrastructure, innovation in general, mining equipment, technology and services, and uh, education, which has been a very large industry for Australia over the last five to ten years. So these are enormous opportunities for companies around the world to invest. Uh, absolutely, but Australia has specific offerings in in each of those areas. So, for example, um, the Indian coal industry is looking to um, become much more efficient, and Australia, as a mining superpower, really has the tools, technologies, and services that can add to that. Um, education as well, with tightening of immigration rules in both the United States and the United Kingdom, um, Australia is becoming even more attractive for education. I guess when we look at things like technology, Australia has had good uh, credentials in research and development and innovation, but India is able to provide scale to that technology. But there are issues for Australian companies investing in India, like, for example, there'd be regular regulatory issues to deal with. Absolutely. India is a complex, complicated and convoluted uh, environment. Um, that's why we would always say that Australia that uh, a, a local partner is key. Um, India is a highly price sensitive market and the real key to being successful here is to find a local business model that works in India. So an example of that would be, you know, 
you're not going to sell 500 items at uh, $10,000 each. You're more likely to, to sell 5 million items at $10 each. And you would need a partner, wouldn't you, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. A, a local partner is key to really understanding the environment. Whilst it's not... It's not uh, it's not mandated to have a local partner. Um, it's often wise because they're able to provide a lot of the, I guess, local translation of, of what's going on to understand the, the different nuances in the environment. And it's, it's one of the key services of Austrade is assisting Australian companies in finding local partners in the market. We have a network of over 10 offices in India um, with local skilled business development managers who can help Australian companies find that local partner. And so that would be the key. You have to actually find a local business model and a local partner to actually make it work in India. Well, I think that's usual in most countries is is finding a localized version of um, of of your business. Um, the the tastes and cultural backgrounds in each countries are different, which means a, a level of tailoring makes the chances of success that much higher. John Madhu, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And now. Let's talk to Giotti Vidge, the Deputy Secretary-General at the Federation of India Chambers and Commerce and Industry. Giotti Vidge, tell us about the investment opportunities in India. So the investment, uh, so there is immense opportunity at the moment. The, uh, you know, the growth is kind of uh, doing quite well. Uh, we've had some slip uh, in the GDP numbers uh, basically because of you know the slowness that happened due to post demonetization but that is only a temporary blip uh, there is a lot of public investment which is happening and this is the all time high foreign direct investment that has been flowing into the country a uh, lot of improvements have been done in the uh, FDI rules and regulations, easing the entry of the FDI uh, money. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of facilitation on the foreign investments that is happening. So whole broad ranging areas have been opened up for investments. Uh, so I think this is the best time perhaps for anybody to look at India for any investments up here. What about the regulatory regime there? So I think government is taking a lot of measures towards ease of doing business. Uh, you know, the prime minister himself has set a target to kind of be at number 50 in the World Bank ranking of ease of doing parameters. Uh, we did improve in the first year after the new government, uh, you know, took charge. Uh, but, uh, the, after that, the movement was slightly slow. But as I said on the FCI, etc., a very recent move has been to abolish the uh, the Foreign Investment Promotion Board, which used to kind of regulate the foreign investments as also uh, provide approval. So I think that's completely been done away with it, which is kind of one of the best things to happen. So in the tax environment as well, there is a, a lot of improvement which is happening, particularly now with the new indirect tax regime, which is going to kick in. A lot of transparency is going to set in. So there are a lot of regulatory changes which are on the anvil. Uh, which will help improve the business environment tremendously. And there is a lot of commitment right from the top to ensure that, you know, those who want to kind of come and set businesses over here 
well taken care of and uh, their uh, regulatory uh, you know constraints are kind of eased if a foreign firm looks at setting up in india what should they be looking at for also the opportunity that there for example defense is now a very big opportunity is coming up so i think defense is one big area infrastructure of course remains because there is a lot of public investment that is happening in that space particularly in the roads sports uh, railways uh, you know uh, so so that is there of course food retail you know has been opened up so food retail again is a big opportunity out there so retail as such is a big opportunity out there and uh, then of course in manufacturing because of make in india there is a lot of uh, push from the government to really look at inflow of investments in the manufacturing space at large so i think that's that's again a very uh, significant area to look at so yeah so these are some of the broad sectors so there's a lot of opportunity there for australian companies and indeed any global company in india as i said you know so these are there are a lot of sectors where there are uh, there is tremendous adoption of capital which is possible and it is happening we are the largest market so uh, you know the strength of the so mining is one area where australian where we can have collaboration with australia for sure uh, infrastructure is large i mentioned so i think that's one uh, where where definitely there can be collaboration and uh, then uh, food as said so i think agriculture there could be collaboration we can really look at the whole space of agri horticulture food processing etc because this is a, a very large market out here and uh, since there have been uh, you know changes in the regulatory regime uh, there has been opening up in this space so i think there's a lot of absorption which is available in this area jody vidge thank you very much for your time okay thank you so much and now let's talk to ashok lalwani the chair of baker mckenzie's india practice ashok lalwani tell us about the regulatory environment in india uh, the regulatory environment in india is uh, changing uh, and, and it's getting more and more relaxed and much more investor friendly uh, over the last literally about 20 years um mr modi since he's come in the last few years has a major objective of enhancing the level of investment in india and he has relaxed uh, a number of policy almost all the sectors in terms of investments into india and to a point where he believes that india is probably the most investor friendly uh, country in the world and which means that there's less um less sort of obstacles to investment into india and in the different sectors so uh, he has opened up india to foreign investment is would that be right yeah he opened up uh, sectors to i guess greater investment in certain sectors and uh literally uh up to 100% in many sectors so this has been a continuing trend over the say last couple of decades but he has simplified a number of uh, sort of investments in different sectors where it is done under automatic route meaning that you don't need uh pre approval uh, he's increased the number of sectors in which uh is such as the case so which sectors are we talking about Uh, I mean, uh, I think he has opened up for the defense sector, the medical devices. Um, he's done away with the Foreign Investment Investment Promotion Board, which was one of the uh, bodies you have to get approval for most investments. And it is telling that that body, which has been there for you know for a very long time, uh, has simply been done away with. And now there may be a possibility that there may be a new body where you do need approval of certain sort of ministries. But he's trying to cut through um, the approval processes as well. So effectively, you. may need to just go to the industry sector 
uh, ministry for some areas, for example, certain areas of defense, and you're either limited in terms of investment or to the extent you can, you know, you can increase your level of investment with certain approvals. Um, similarly, you have um, certain other sectors like, uh, you know, like the airline sector, which has been opened up to greater investment by investors. Um, the retail side, he's um, sort of opened a bit more on the um, on the, the, the single brand and some uh, flexibility on the multi-brand retailing. Although that's still an area which needs a lot more, lot more work. How should companies navigate the legal environment in India? Uh, I, you know, the, the first and foremost really is, uh, and I don't mean to sound self, self-serving, but it is really getting good advisors and good on-the-ground knowledge of uh, effectively the regulations which, uh, which are related to the area that the, the company would like to go into, but also just the ground reality. Um, so, for example, you know, while certain sectors like pharma is generally open, but right now, you know, in the last couple of years, there have, have been effectively informal, um, informal sort of, uh, I wouldn't say mandates, but sort of guidance that would indicate that, you know, further according to, let's say, a, a total greenfield pharma is fine, but um, brownfield, you may need some approvals, and, you know, up, up and uh, running pharma companies, you may, you know, that you may, may need approval. So it, it, it really is getting sort of good advisors to figure out what, is the current regulatory environment, but also the ground realities and talking to other industry players. And, and how complex is that? It, it, it's not very complex anymore. I mean, the, the regulations have gotten um, much more clearer. Uh, they're easily available. The ministries have, have become more accessible. So to the extent you have questions, you can actually uh, meet with a bureaucrat. So it has gotten very uh, much more transparent. And so it, it certainly has gotten a lot easier. And, you know, the, the Indian, they're very, very good Indian law firms as well as international funds that, you know, that such as ourselves that can provide very, very good advice on exactly how to structure transactions into India and also what, uh, what to expect from a, a regulatory perspective. Ashok Lalwani, thank you very much for your time. Hey, thank you very much. So that was the third Crossing Borders podcast. Important stuff for firms looking to do business in India, which is now going through a process of reform and opening its markets to the world. And as Ashok Lalwani, the chair of Baker McKenzie's India Practice, pointed out, there are so many sectors that will do well out of these reforms, but it's important to get top quality advice to navigate India's regulatory environment. That's it for this month. We look forward to bringing you the next edition of Crossing Borders, looking at what's happening in the business world in the Asia-Pacific.